Can you guess what industry has 26 million sites, makes about $3,000 per second, and has 40 million regular consumers paying and consuming its content? It's not the digital industry. It's not the energy industry. It's porn. And today, we're going to dig hard and dig deep. No pun intended. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Love God, Love Sex podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Heath Maxwell, joined by our other co-host. What's good, everybody? It's Jamie. And on today's episode of Love God, Love Sex, we're talking about the P word. What's that? Uh, <laughs> What's that P word? We're talking about porn. Ooh. We're talking about no longer VHS and CDs, <laughs> <laughs> but sitting at this computer, the www dots of the oh, world. Smut.com. Yes. And I mean, there's so much to say about it, but some of the main points we're going to touch on today is how, we, how do you feel about porn? How do you engage it? What are your experiences with it? Do you have any aversions or critiques? Can mm. porn be helpful? Can you use porn educationally? And then we're going to talk about porn's influence on society and pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much to say about it, but I just really want to kick it off. Um, and let's start at the point one. What are your general ideas and thoughts about porn? Heath, do you engage it at all? Do you feel like it's right or wrong? Talk to us. That's a tough question. Because I do use it, but I'm not an avid supporter of it. Uh, There was a time when I had not watched porn in like uh, 17 years, and then I picked Mm -hmm. it up again. So I definitely don't want to be hypocritical and say, porn is bad. I hate it. Get it out of here. It's not like, you know, that that would be wrong to do. But I do agree with a statement. Uh, Bill Maher actually uh, said this statement, right? Uh, He was on Joe Road. Joe Rogan's podcast, and he said that porn definitely is not benign. And he mentioned, like, right, when you have headlines and clip callouts and video games that talk about, you know, family members fucking each other, uh, you know, and the emphasis on teen girls and, you know, these, you know, funny scenarios where people are like, I don't have any money, so now I have to take a dick. You know, it's uh, it's a way in which for those who are young, impressionable minds, especially uh, early adolescents, they can be influenced by that kind of talk and th- those kinds of images. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember reading something on CNN recently with uh, Billie Eilish, who talked about how watching porn at a young age influenced her sex life and made her a passenger as opposed to an active participant with her own body, placing her comfort and pleasure on the side 
just so that someone can reenact stuff she saw via the screen. Whereas my friend, uh, Dr. Regina Langley says, you know, people taking out their issues on your body, right? Using your Mm. body as their playground to process their traumas and their interests and their desires. And you're just a, you know, a silent participant. Prop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're just Mm -hmm. a vessel, right? So, and then also, we also have reports of young men watching porn as early as six years old and having erectile dysfunction by the time they're in their 20s because of all the masturbation they're doing during porn use. So there are obviously some problems with it. Yeah, especially in this digital age where, you know, like we said, it's, it's a www.away, just a, a few clicks and you get access to all of these images. I think there's over like what? Seven billion images of, of yeah. porn on, on yeah, the internet, yeah, or something eight billion like images that. of naked women on the internet, or something like that. Yeah, and it's like you have all of this misguided access to it, it could definitely be an issue. And I mean, that's just from the viewer point of view. On the production side, I think a problem with professional porn, at least historically, from documentaries I've seen and people who've been in that community, is like these performers start off with like real authentic Hollywood acting dreams. You know what I mean? And it's like many of them get led astray by like some sleazeball director or producer and they get coerced or they get Weinstein into the industry. You know what I'm saying? Um, I do engage porn. It's typically amateur though. Okay. Because um, I do have a bit of a voyeurist in me and I enjoy seeing, you know, the passion that goes into people's sex practices. I typically keep my searches, like I said, uh, to amateur and couples because there's this presumed passion when, you know, you have these two people, these individuals who know each other, they know each other's spots, they know each other's bodies, at least to a better degree than most uh, professionals do because they're just coming in cold. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like there's that presumed passion that really appeals to me. And for mm. me, that's enjoyable to watch. But but let me let me just go back to this because I, did, I just really want to get some clarity. You said you use porn, but you're not an avid supporter. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah. So there have been quality quality control issues in the past with digital porn. Many of the clip aggregators contain clips of people's rapes that are passed off as consensual sex activity. Uh, in addition, you know, I wonder about the labor in the industry. How are people paid, including black actors and black actresses? The pay disparity is an issue, and I want people to be properly compensated for their labor and to work in a safe environment like any other industry. And that's mm-hmm. one aspect of it. The other issue is the moral ethical implications behind porn. I, you know, I mentioned some of the stuff earlier, right? and overexposure, and the psychological and health issues that occur with porn. Now, many people argue that it has to do with the overuse of porn and not porn itself, that you know anything in extreme is bad, right? So ice cream is not inherently bad, but you eat it every day, you're going to have problems, right? The sugar is going to impact your health in a myriad of ways, and more and more research mm-hmm. is coming out about mm-hmm. that. It's the right. same thing with porn. But I do wrestle with its place in our society. With that said, I do have a kind of a critique of the critique, which is I don't think or I don't like or appreciate the way porn stars are disparaged in public discourse. I find it to be problematic, especially when many of us are engaging with it. Many of us are consumers of porn. 
So mm-hmm. no actor or actress in that profession should be dehumanized or quote unquote called out when many of us are relying on them to fulfill a need we have. And that, that just goes back to my point about respect for labor and the workers, which is an ideal we have, again, for every industry. Uh, but, you know, do you have any critiques about porn or the porn industry? Uh, I would say not more than the ones you just mentioned that highlighted. Okay. You know? All right. But, sense. you know, with, with all your concerns and the fact that you said you've watched it, do you think porn can be introduced in a positive way or, or is it all just negative? Uh, you know, I think back to like my, my early days with porn, I was just, I was, uh, introduced to porn via Playboy magazines. I mean, my dad had mm. a stack and I mean a stack of Playboy magazines. <laughs> you got stacks like the international house, house of, of pancakes. pancakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shout out to Raekwon, Jodeci. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> He kept them there and I wouldn't look in them, but I would have a friend over who would open them and we would look through them together, which I guess is a good way for me to put it off on him and not me. Right. I wasn't looking at it. It was him. He came over and he's the one. He's the devil. Passing the book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the next big porn exposure I had was Robin Bird, who was a featured actor in the classic uh, porn film. Debbie Does Dallas, which was a big thing in the 70s and the 80s. And she had this public access show in NYC. And for those who don't know, public access was available to New York City residents who wanted to have their own TV show. So she would uh, come on on Sunday mornings at 1 a.m. And what's crazy about it, though, Jay, is that what I was watching in like 90, 1991, 92 were episodes from like 1979, 1980 when I was born. <laughs> So it was like she had this, I guess, backlog of eps. She, you know, her ep, her ep catalog went deep, and you know, you know, I, thinking back to, it, I don't think uh, it was positive either. The Playboy magazines and kind of watching that show at a very young age, because here's the thing with porn: it's privately adored but publicly abhorred. Mm-hmm, right. So mm-hmm. it's transgressive. And the fact that we do it in secret and deny it publicly means that we can enjoy it because of its secrecy. So if it wasn't secret, we wouldn't be able to consume it because because of. Because so much of what we know about sex is transgressive anyway, so it scratches that itch we need to engage in transgressive behavior for us to feel familiar with our sex practices and our sex rituals. And I just don't think. That's where we're going as a culture. We keep talking about talking about being sex positive. And I think these approaches make it very difficult to create a sex positive culture. Right. Well, that's that's, you know, essentially what I'm trying to get at is like, is this transgressive aspect present for you because you were programmed not to watch it? Like if we're talking about using it from an educational standpoint, could it be introduced in you know, the birds and the bees conversation, or, you know, is there a mm. point in, in a child's maturation process where it could be introduced in an educational way? Mm. Mm. No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I think you can use the material to have conversations about sex and sex health. And most importantly, sex pleasure. And I mean, other material, I'm not talking about that material, you know, other material, the issue with porn is it convinces people that sex is a male centric, meaning it's only 
shot through the lens of the male perspective and experience. I mean, yeah, you know, like you want watch porn, you'll see a woman, you know, playing with her clitoris, but there isn't any context to that. It's not from her perspective and her sense of pleasure and what it's doing to her. It's just her rubbing herself. It's like almost watching, you know, like a, like a rabbit digging a hole or something like, okay, rabbits dig holes. But if I don't know what a burrow is and why, you know, rabbits need to live in a burrow, it's like, all right, it's just an action I'm, I'm observing. Uh, And if you're new to sex, or even if you've been doing it for a while, it doesn't teach the importance and relevance of clitoral stimulation. Also, I think it doesn't promote actions that are the cornerstone of a thriving sexual life, mainly communication and receiving feedback. The two pillars, I think, of a thriving sex life are listening. You have to have really good listening skills, and you have to be able to listen to what your partner needs, and you have to be selfless. You place their pleasure and orgasmic experience over yours. I think those are the two pillars of a a great, thriving sex life, even though there are mechanics that need to be mastered and discussed. But overall, if you can't put someone else's pleasure first and you can't listen on how to do that, where is your sexual experience going to be? You're not creating a delightful, memorable experience. And I also think when we get into orgasms, I know this is pretty long, but this is, I think, important to say, Many of them are faked, and the man's orgasm is the center of the show. And I think many young men watching porn would not learn anything about orgasm or pleasure equality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, need that echo. That you should focus yeah. on your partner's orgasms, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, before your own. And you just won't see it in porn. So I, I don't think there really isn't any educational elements there for those who are starting to learn about sex, starting to learn about their bodies. And for some of us who've just been involved with sex, it just shows fucking which, you know, you, if you want to watch it, you watch it, but I don't think there's anything educational about it inherently. Uh, what about you? Do you think there are any educational elements to it? I do. Uh, maybe not in professional porn as we like, you know, again, historically, the, the industry, like if we're talking about the 80s and 90s porn or even more modern sites like Black.com or the Brazzers Network, to your point, is going to be very male-centric and it's only going to be geared towards the male POV. Mm. Um, all you're going to see is humping and cum shots and facial abuse and glory <laughs> holes and you know what I mean. But but glory holes. <laughs> but there are you know sex educators and performers on OnlyFans and using other platforms that lead with sex positivity and education. Um, you know there are couples who you know, either use their own bedroom as a classroom to teach and couples who make their practices visually available for people to learn from. And, you know, they're using different fantasy scenarios to create more spontaneity. Uh, Like, I think that can be incredibly educational. I think it really depends on a person's why, you know, why are you engaging? Why are you taking in this stuff? For me, it may be solely based on arousal and pleasure. But I think there are definitely other reasons and motivations for people to watch. Like I remember Mm. when I first saw porn, I was really, 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 really young. And I didn't know what I was watching. The only information I had was from my older cousin who was like, don't let your mom catch you watching this. So, you know, I'm upstairs in the room, I'm watching it. And my mom comes into the room. <laughs> and I'm I try to jump up and turn it off before she can see, and it's like she stops me. Now, once she sees what I'm watching, 
she's visibly angry and she tells me to go downstairs. You know, I'm waiting on a spanking. Mm. And I went down to the room. I went downstairs, bro. I'm panicking. I'm thinking about the lashes to come, waiting <laughs> on the edge of his ass whooping. <laughs> Wait, exhale. But you know, somebody took their sweet old time coming downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so what you now doing listen, in that room, mama? I, I I don't know what kept her all of that time. <laughs> But I, I'm not even I'm not even fronting, bro. This, it was over two hours. I, you know, I think in the end, first of all, I didn't get spanked at the end of that. I, I think okay. in the end, she realized that I really didn't know what I was watching. Got um, it. And she, I think she realized that that kind of discipline wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. But I want to gear this towards you. If that were your child, one, how would you have handled that? And do you think there could have been some, a teachable moment, you know, along with the advisory not to watch? Like, is there some kind of context that you could have put it in to help them understand from an educational perspective? This is what you just saw. It, this is for adults. This is maybe not for you, but is there some kind yeah. of way that you could have phrased that again so that there was a teachable moment? How would you have handled that? Yeah, I definitely would not have, have spanked him. Or even threatened to do so, uh, you know. I, I, I'd like to believe that I would have spoken to him, and if he was an adolescent, I would start speaking to him about his body changes, his desires. You mentioned some of the people in OnlyFans, and you're right. I, I, I stand in agreement with that. That there are people out there using their OnlyFans for educational purposes, and you know, this is an opportunity to learn and create community around your body and the changes you're going through at that stage stage in life. So that that's super important. And I think, you know, what's astounding to me is that we are having a conversation about porn and its benefits versus its negative effects, because porn now, contrary to how it was in the 70s, 80s, and even the 90s is mainstream. I'm, I'm sure that's thanks to the internet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of similar to hip hop in that way. When you think about it, like it started in this very local kind of way. Um, very regional shows, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like through the decades and, and the rise of the internet, which you mentioned, it's become more mainstream. You know what I mean? In the same way that you have different genres of hip hop, you got the backpackers, the gangster God, rap, trap yeah. rap, you got the boom bap, you got East Coast, West Coast, you know what yeah, I mean? Even the yeah, South, South, Midwest, you know what I mean? So you got all of these genres and subcategories of hip hop. It's the same way with porn. Mm. Yeah. And you're right, because, you know, I think you had told me like hip hop is now one of the, the number one music genre across the world. And yep, I would say porn is rivaling that. It's huge. Right. I mean, it's obviously not compared to another genre, another sex genre, but it's huge. I mean, it generates ninety seven billion dollars a year. And apparently, wow. there, uh, and we said there's like, you know, 18 billion images of naked women on the Internet. That's globally. I mean, it's big business. And just like hip hop, it has many genres and sub pockets of communities that support their particular superstar or porn fetish or subject. Right. So, you know, I'm a Jay-Z fan, a Meek Mill fan. Well, I'm a Jenna Jameson person. You know, I like this particular porn star, you know, Jake Steed or whoever else, you know, you're getting behind. I mean, you see people talk about that. And as much as it may be private in its own way, it's seeped into the public. 
So, mm-hmm. like, for example, look at Lisa Ann, who's a famous porn star, and I believe she's crossed over to the mainstream and is thriving. She has this growing sports podcast and is well-known in the sports world and just, I think, is ready to or did, was going to drop, a, a like, a memoir. So, yo, you know, uh, Jenna Jameson, I mean, she's super crossed over. So, you know, I think there's people out there doing that and making that work. Well, yeah, you even mentioned one, Jake Steed. I don't know if you remember, mm. but there was this partnership you know, of this, where this intersection of music and porn was like, he had produced like a series of videos that featured mainstream rap artists. I'm talking about like Snoop Dogg. Mm. And that's like a major artist and it created some major waves. You know what I mean? You got Tretch who did porn. You had, uh, you know, Black China, Kim Kardashian, Ray J, you know, Paris Hilton. You know, these individuals kind of leverage their private lives, these tapes that they created in their private lives to launch careers, like 360 brand careers of, of them <laughs> do, being becoming influencers, yeah. having like, uh, what did Ray J have? I think he had like some headphones that he's that he's mm. he does now. He has some headphones. You got people who had like ringtones. So it was like all of these different streams of income have kind of popped off from just these leaked tapes. And let's not forget the most popular of, you know, celebrity tapes, sex tapes, Pamela and Tommy Lee. You know what I mean? Like they have a whole, uh, I don't remember what network it was on, but they got a whole biopic about this. Yeah, Hulu. I think it's on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like a a serialized, yeah, like, uh, show on it, yeah, yeah, it's on Hulu. Which I heard that Pamela Lee's not happy about. I, I didn't get into all of it, but yeah, they they made a whole show of that and what really happened to them in that whole tape, especially her that whole tape scandal. And and I mean that's just one part of his influence, porn's influence on the society, and that's just the celebrity side. You know what I mean? You got regular citizens are doing mm. OnlyFans, and like we mentioned, these other platforms to launch careers through porn and and sex work. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, what are some other ways that you think it's, it's impacted our culture? Man, I think the best example came out recently. Look me at the catch me outside girl, like bad baddie, or I don't know how to pronounce her name. That oh well, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who turned 18 last year and made $50 million off OnlyFans. 50 Right, right. Million oh, it was on dollars. her birthday, right? Yeah. She, turned, she turned 18. 18. Yeah, man. That's crazy. On her birthday. When she turned 18, she started on OnlyFans and within that year made $50 million. And in fact, uh, there was actually a follow-up where her father says that he's concerned that she's being groomed for porn. Oh, yeah. She was definitely being primed for that. Yeah. yeah, She's being primed for that. She's being groomed. She has all these handlers and influencers and I guess quote-unquote advisors around her. This is his words or, you know, this is not verbatim, but this is his sentiment and that she's being groomed eventually to go to that hardcore porn route, which is crazy because... For you to have the marketing push for that to happen to turn 18, someone in a nuts or not someone, some ones had right. to be ready to get on there and start paying for that. They were watching you since you would catch me outside. Was I think she was like 12 when she did that, right? 13? Oh, Maybe that's even crazy. younger. And now I didn't she even turns 18 is making $50 million. And so now porn and sex are becoming legitimate ways to jumpstart a career and make a living, as you mentioned. 
And I do think it has impacted the culture by introducing slang, you know, especially like anal orgasm noises and other fetish phrases in the pop culture. And I do wonder if there's a correlation between the use of toys in real life and the prevalence of toys in porn, which, you know, that would have to be its own study in its own way. Some anthropologists, sociologists. (laughs) Man, there's a lot of toys out there. The use of toys in uh, lower Los Angeles from 1985 to 1995, you know, that kind of thing. It's a whole lot of toys out there, but I wanted to go back to something you had mentioned: orgasm noises. I don't yeah. know if you if you know, but there was some like real intentionality when we talk about uh, songs. I don't know if you remember the Pleasure Principle from Janet Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah. Pleasure Principle. Oh. Yeah, classic, yeah, bro. That classic. was, but but the intentionality was behind the lyric of the oh. oh. So it was oh. basically drawing attention to these. Are, that's the noise to listen for when a woman is orgasming. The oh, oh, shout out to Janet, man. She's definitely been an innovator in this realm for a minute in a, a lot of different ways, dude. Yeah, it's people don't be picking up on stuff like that, but you know, yeah, yeah a, I didn't, I didn't realize I'm a that. That's, that's a I, I love <laughs> breaking down lyrics and things like that. <laughs> Uh, For sure, but but to get back on to what you were saying, there's a lot of lot of toys out there, a lot of mm. toys out for whatever tickles your fancy. You know, what I mean, like if if you like your your nipple stimulated, or there's orifices to, to insert your penis into, or mm. you know, phalluses and other props to insert into the vagina and the anus um, that have been popularized through porn. And I'm pretty sure there, are, you know, other things that people see in porn that are becoming more mainstream and, and impact in our society. I mean, to the point where you have political officials, like you look at Elliot Spitzer and others who have been caught and scandalized sending nudes around. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like <laughs> that's really big yeah. in the porn industry. I mean, I feel like that is what people yeah. do in porn. If, if they're not necessarily sending it around, having yeah. an image of, you know, these different, body parts that's porn yeah yeah for sure for sure i also have noticed and i want you to weigh in on this that there has been in some way if you watch hot girls wanted which is a documentary by rashida jones about several young women breaking into the industry it seems like a churn there like it's just come in meet grind you out and either way you make it you fly you sink and next next you know, it seems like people are just getting more and more into making this a, a, a career level. And I just want to expand upon that. Is is that your impression? Is is that what you're kind of getting in your understanding of the industry and what's maybe going on culturally? Uh, well, I'm actually not necessarily big on the culture of professional porn. Again, I, I keep my searches limited to amateur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't think the amateur folks have to worry about that because they own their own content they're creating their own content and it's not for um normally it's not for profit um so they just don't have to jump through the same hurdles i guess as some of the more professional actors and actresses Mm. but i mean i would imagine you know what i'm saying like i don't think there's like they say there's there's no honor amongst thieves so if that's if that's how they got them coming in if they're on the conveyor belt all right, you got a couple of producers and directors who are in a room. Yeah, like you were saying earlier. All right, all right, let's just audition these girls. Yo, the casting couch is big, bro. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, the, they just the, the to, seats yeah. on the casting couch stay warm. They stay hot. If yeah, you want to talk right about, about a hot seat, that's the hottest seat in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just get in and get out and g- goodbye. Uh, that, that's much. a very good point. Yeah, that's that's a um, very good point. Uh, any final words or takeaway about porn before we we close out today's app? Uh, yes. Um, in preparation for this episode, I came across um, a, a website called fightthenewdrug.org. And it's a resource for anybody who feels like they're struggling with a porn addiction. They say that there are mainly five reasons why people engage. One, arousal. Two, education. Three, coping with negative emotions. Four, boredom. And then five, because porn is difficult to quit. So if you are using porn and I guess it's kind of substituting for organic human physical connection or you're using it out of boredom or to cope, uh, or escapism that can have some really bad negative results for you. Um, and you know, if like in your case, Heath, you talked about simply using it for arousal and education, it might not be as bad, but I would just say my final words are know your why, know the reason why you're using it. And if you feel like it's gotten to the point where you're addicted, please know that you're not alone. And there are people out here, organizations with resources, that can help. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll just double that. If you feel addicted and need help, please reach out. Uh, you know, uh, you're not alone, and there is help out there. People who want to help and care about you and your development. Uh, just want to say, also feel free to uh, email us at connect at love god love sex podcast dot net. C-O-N-N-E-C-T at lovegodlovesexpodcast.net. We thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, Before we go, we just want to say porn is a tricky, 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 tricky beast. No judgment for those who watch. No judgment for those who don't want to watch. We hope that you find what you're always looking for in your path to self-acceptance and healing with sex and intimacy. This is your path. You own it. And we hope that we continue to support you while you walk on it. That's it for this episode. Look forward to the next one. Take care.